Hello and welcome to the Bedtime Storycast, the podcast where I talk and you fall asleep. My name is Mike, and I encourage you to get cozy under the covers. Take a nice deep breath in. Let it out with a sigh. And settle in as we prepare for tonight's bedtime story titled Restoration. Story by Jordan Blancet. Sweet Dreams. Tick tock. Tick tock. The clock beside Edmund's bed ticked away the seconds as the early morning sun rose over the mountains. The man lifted his arms over his head for a relaxing stretch, feeling his joints pop, 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 slow and rhythmic from his shoulder to his fingers. He closed his eyes for a moment, enjoying the lively tweet of early morning bird songs tumbling in through his open window, before he rose with a sigh to go about his day. As he stepped out of his room, shivering slightly in the welcome chill of dew-dropped morn. He threw a robe over his shoulders and tightened the sash about his waist. The soft, worn silk over his skin with every step a comforting regularity as he plodded to his small, quaint kitchen. And there, Edmund plugged in his electric kettle, allowing the plate to warm as he filled the vessel with just enough water for a single cup of tea. And as he readied the tea bag betwixt the moments where water flowed through the tap, and the kettle shrilled its good morning, and how do you do? The world fell silent, still, as if basking in the peacefulness of his sun-dappled kitchen. distance softened pulse of Edmund's bedside clock crept through his apartment from end to end, echoing with comforting regularity. The noise was enough to shake Edmund from his sleepy haze, as was the whistling of his kettle. The old man shook his head 
He unplugged the kettle, pouring water over the tea bag. Lemongrass, with a hint of Earl Grey, as always. And traipsed back to his room as the dry leaves steeped. And there, Edmund took the clothes carefully laid over the back of his favorite reading chair, clean and pressed in preparation for his day, and pulled them on with practiced ease. Dark brown pants with a blue shirt and his red plaid jumper over top. He looked up into the vanity over his dresser and smiled at his bright blue eyes and wispy white hair. The wire-rimmed glasses on his nose that he'd fallen asleep in once again. And red cheeks bringing to his appearance a slight aura of that beloved Saint Nick. Tick tock. Tick tock. Edmund looked over to the clock counting down, or rather up, time immemorial, and straightened his back as the hour hand approached nine. He pushed the glasses up the bridge of his nose, pattered down the hall to his now perfectly steeped tea. The tea bag was discarded on his way out the door, footsteps landing heavily on the stairs that tumbled gracefully down and around the side of the building, from his second-story apartment to the alley below. He smiled as his feet tip-tapped on the familiar pavement, following the familiar route to the sidewalk twenty yards below. A few feet beyond the sidewalk, Edmund's world spilled onto the unkept main way running between the two rows of picturesque shop fronts and townhomes his country called a city. But to him, this tiny patch of paradise would always be the dust-swept village of his childhood, long before the world of digitalized innovation replaced his beloved, time-worn clocks. And though time had carried on and brought forward his home with it, in some ways, His village was as it had always been. Gone was the potholed dirt road that sprawled hither and yon in his youth 
spitting dust with every brush of wind. Instead, smooth black pavement neatly sliced betwixt business and hearth, traversed every so often by the soft rumbling of modern motor carriages, cars, as his granddaughter called them. But despite the newness of the black top shining dully beyond the sidewalk, children still played in the street, ducking between parked vehicles and dodging out of the way of carriages obediently humming along at 15 kilometers an hour. Whereas kick the can was commonplace in his childhood, now they kicked around footballs, or soccer balls, as he'd heard the occasional American tourist passing through call them. And the simplicity of chase and hide and seek had been replaced by freeze tag and sardines. Still, the playful laughter of the village children brought a smile to old Edmund's eyes. Occasionally, a mother here, a father there would poke their head out of the door to peek on the well-being of their children. After all, It takes a village to raise not just a child, but a family. Edmund himself watched a few youngsters plotting their next game of football, using the alley entrance as their goal, before taking a moment to check on the flowers in front of his own shop. Splashes of purple and pink petunias arose from the well-nourished soil of his concrete planters, while hanging overhead a variety of succulents, air plants, and overgrown ferns burst forth from their swinging pots, sprawling up toward the sun even as gravity tugged them back to the earth. And then, tick-tock, tick-tock. Edmund was coaxed from his nostalgic reminiscence by the gentle tick-tocking of his pocket watch a beautiful silver affair with black hands and a shiny new knob. He checked the time, five past nine, as he sipped his tea and nodded a good morning greeting to the children darting past in their quest to find a misplaced football. And then, 
with one last approving nod, Edmund stepped into the dark coolness of his repair shop and closed the door behind him. As he flipped on the light switch in the doorway, Edmund smiled at the glass cases neatly lining the walls, containing the summation of a lifetime's work. The walls were tastefully decorated with a wide array of clocks, from behemoth grandfather towers to novelty bird-in-a-birdhouse toys to small pocket watches that had ticked their last talk long ago. But it was the contents of the cases that held Edmund's true pride and joy. Row after row of pocket watches tinted in every color imaginable, all held together by a myriad of infinitesimally small screws. Each watch ticked quietly in perfect synchrony, marking the hours of a life spent blissfully twiddling away in his workshop. For Edmund, though he lived in this quaint, tiny village off the beaten path, had devoted his life's work to bringing these relics of the past, these knob-driven creations of man's genius, back from the brings of their last tick. The old man smiled peacefully as his fingers traced over the glass, his footsteps effortlessly carrying him to the back of the shop as he admired the beauty and craftsmanship of each piece passing his gaze. He could feel the brilliance of the inventors before him, who so lovingly crafted these pocket-sized marvels. And here and there, where the handiwork of his own craft had rebuilt the mechanisms and refurbished the faces that counted up the hours. Edmund wandered to the back of the shop where a narrow opening between two cases was blocked only by a small metal gate. He swung the gate wide and stepped behind the glass partition to meander back to the locked wooden cabinet in the furthest corner of the building. From the depths of this ancient cabinet, he withdrew an even more ancient golden pocket watch, adorned with gold and silver hands, and faded brown lettering in a bygone script. The hands were mangled, seemingly beyond repair, 
and the clasp on the case twisted open so that every movement scratched the inside of the case. On the front of the watch, barely visible amidst the wear and tear of years past, a golden lion roared, his mane blowing in the wind, his mouth open in a greeting to his still, silent world. Edmund smiled to himself and cradled his treasure gently as he walked over to his workbench, setting out the tools of his trade. For a watch loved beyond its years, he would need to take painstaking care. And for Edmund, there was nothing more peaceful than a day spent tinkering away at screws and gears and clasps too small to be fiddled with by bare hands. Edmund laid the watch on a piece of fine velvet and opened the case from behind. Then, with a pair of tweezers and a small metal rod, he picked the watch apart piece by piece, setting each into a gentle chemical bath to wash away years of grime and neglect built up within the mechanisms. And as he worked, he could feel the time pass him by, the work performed, noted by the absent ticking of this tiny watch wearing the weight of the universe on its stilled hands. His own shook. At least they did normally, aged and bearing the telltale marks of decades in his trade as they were. But when he focused on his task, his hands stilled, his mind grew elongated and quiet, moving as steadily as the time that he so carefully restored. of the watch were laid bare in a chemical bath. Edmund set the casing aside and pulled each out again, swirling them in their bath to cleanse any remaining residue from the tiny joints. Then he laid them on a soft, well-worn cloth to dry patting them down without rubbing. They would dry on their own. He had no need to force the matter. While the gears and screws dried, Edmund set about to repair the mangled hands of the watch face. 
with his tiny tweezers and a sharpened wooden peg. He pressed down through the hole in the hands to steady the thin metal strips. Then, with the practiced touch of a master craftsman, he bent and tugged and gyrated the fragile metal of each until they once again resembled hands rather than dilapidated screws. As soon as Edmund was satisfied with his work, he dropped them into the chemical bath too, letting them sit only a moment before he plucked them back out. And with the last of the metal workings prepared, Edmund turned his attention to the watch face itself. He marveled at the chipped numbering, his thumbs rubbing over the brown paint as he debated how to maintain the integrity and memories of such a time-honored piece. After a moment's thought, Edmund gently wiped down the face, having decided to leave the well-aged background alone. Instead, he found a vial of his best brown paint and a small, bristled horsehair paintbrush. And as his hands stilled for the second time that day, his fingers twitched in small, painstaking motions to brush small, measured strokes along the faded pattern of each number, counting up the hours. One. Two. Three. The minutiae of his task completed, Edmund set aside the watch face to dry beneath a small fan and set upon repairing the clasp. Unfortunately, a quick inspection found the broken contraption mangled beyond repair. But no matter. With a drink of his chilled tea, Edmund tugged out a drawer on the chest-high toolkit beside his workbench. His fingers sifted expertly through the collection of multicolored clasps until he found a suitable match. Then, with loving care and a pair of pliers, not to mention a dab of glue, Edmund gently pried the crumbling clasp from the case and set the new one on to dry. With a nod of satisfaction, he applied a small pair of felt-tipped clamps to hold the clasp ends in place as he turned back to the watch's insides. 
Edmund's practiced, slender hands made short work of oiling each tiny gear and screw. A quick wipe of the drying cloth, sufficient to remove excess liquid. And then, one piece at a time, Edmund consulted the diagram constructed in his mind's eye, born of decades of experience, to set the pieces in their working order from back to front, testing each one as he rebuilt the watch mechanism from the inside out. And at last, when the final screw was turned in place, the last gear perfectly aligned, Edmund tenderly fastened the watch face back in place. His fingers gave the knob at the side of the watch a short turn. smiled peacefully as the ancient pocket watch, reinvigorated and wound up tight, counted up the hours with its many brethren. But he wasn't finished yet. With the numbers and gears and mechanism restored to their former glory, Edmund turned his attention to the golden shell casing that protected its precious cargo. His fingers wrapped around a soft, well-used rag. He dipped the edge into a gentle bath and rubbed the watch casing with determined thoroughness. What would be simple work for another stretched into a quarter hour as his fingers massaged life back into the centuries-old gold, recalling the bright, shimmering gold of its glory days from a dull, lifeless patina. Then, at last, Edmund was satisfied. His fingers rubbed over the last bit of tarnished molding, the watch tick-tocking contentedly in his aged hands. He smiled, feeling instinctively that his work here was finished, and wrapped the treasure into a small velvet bag. This he tucked into a mahogany box, a mirrored shine on the outside, rivaling the like-new gold of the watch casing. It was ready to return home. Ring-a-ling. Ah, right on time, Mr. Anderson, Edmund heard himself say before he'd fully turned around. And there, at the counter, stood a tall, thin man in a well-loved suit, hat in hand, 
so you fixed it then? Mr. Anderson asked in his mid-timbre voice. My great-great-grandfather's watch? Edmund nodded and gently laid the box on the glass case in front of Mr. Anderson. Cleaned, repaired, and rebuilt, he answered in his soothing, elegant tones. Every screw and gear right back where they belong. She's a real beauty. Mr. Anderson opened the box and smiled a gentle smile, an aura of peace descending upon his shoulders. Thank you, Mr. Edmund, he said, tenderly removing the watch to feel the small weight of it in his hands. Well worth the price more than worth the price. You have outdone yourself. Edmund smiled a gentle smile in return and picked up his tea, long since cold, and took the last sip. I enjoyed my time, he said glancing about at the watches, quietly ticking away in their cases. As will you, Mr. Anderson. As will you. Tick. Talk. Tick. Talk.